Yesterday at Martinsville Speedway, Kyle Larson won, but it wasn't in typical Kyle Larson dominating fashion. Track position, pitch strategy, and a myriad of other things played into the race's final result, which saw money drivers getting the result they didn't deserve, whether that be for the good or detriment of them. Kyle Larson gets the win, Ryan Priest gets a speeding penalty and can't recover, and we were kind of robbed of a Kevin Harvick-Denny Hamlin all-time battle. We're going to talk about that, socks, fast food, and a whole lot more coming up next on this episode of Below the Yellow Line. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Below the Yellow Line podcast post-Martinsville edition. Kyle Larson gets a second win of the year at the NOCO 400. Thankfully, it wasn't affected by weather, which we were a little afraid of going into the weekend. But thank you for choosing uh, choosing the Below the Line podcast to be your, I guess, your, your post-race um, uh, viewing, listening of choice. I am one of your hosts, Samuel Stubbs, and my co-host is... Emily, <laughs> I am here. She is here. I joked with Samuel before we started that I was just going to say my name and that was it. So that was it. That, that's all you need to say. Funny. Just a glory. You just funny. need to say just, Emily just and then Emily. they know who you are automatically. You are the... And, and everyone should be just so proud to hear me say my name. Exactly. You you are the Emily of the internet. Like you, when somebody says, hey, did you see Emily? And you're like, oh my gosh, wait, that one? You mean... Emily from the spotter stand? Exactly. You mean the one on the podcast and the YouTube? Like, that one? Like, you're the only Emily? one there. The Emily. That is you. The Emily. The Emily. Um, it was a pretty good day for your driver yesterday, I gotta say. Pretty good day for your pretty guy. Good. Pre- pretty good for him. I'll, we'll take it, though. I was. We were really hoping for the win. Yeah. This you was, like, one of the bit. highest chance weeks for him to get a win right now and so you know to not walk away with that it's a bit of a uh, it's a bummer yeah yeah not just a bit of a bummer it's a big bummer. it is a bummer yeah bowman had a strong car got up into the top five at the end of stage one and then he didn't fall off a cliff per se but you know just kind of faded uh ends up a solid 11th um he has his crew chief blake harris back so i'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season for him bubba has a much needed ninth place run looked like he'd be mired around 25th to 30th um, at the highest after a pit road speeding penalty early. Truex and Priest had that penalty as well. But Bubba rebounds up to ninth. Um, before we talk about all the results and all the race, though, um, Emily, do you have any life updates, any jokes, any rhetorical questions to ask? I actually didn't make an itinerary for this episode, but that's always what the first item on the agenda is, just, you know, because we have to talk about something other than NASCAR or, or some people will probably leave. So, you know, any any life updates, anything that, we, that, that you want to share? 
question for our readers, and this is going to be really weird. Readers? I have a question for you, readers, listeners, readers. Whatever, whatever you are. You should you read, though. Yeah, no. Okay, so my question is, I feel a little bit like a radio host right now. Um, but fine. my question is, how many pairs of socks do you own? Oh. I'm not talking about, like, socks or, like, specialty socks or, I mean. You mean just, like, don't. Socks. Most people don't probably have holiday socks, but I'm a teacher, so, you know, holiday you socks do. are a thing for me. But just, like, everyday socks. Like, you grab your tennis shoes, you put on your socks. Yeah. How many pairs of socks do you have? Mm, that's a good question. I, don't I know. have a lot. You do have a lot? Well, I I usually, I feel Without like I have... Them, probably, like, 40 pairs of socks. Oh, my gosh. That's so many That's socks. a lot of socks. I have a hard time getting rid of socks. Like, like even oh. if they have, like... They have a whole life normal way, but even if they're like, you know, too worn, like even if they're I like really them. thin, like you just you don't throw them yeah. away. Hmm. I don't throw them away. Huh. That's See, with having a lot of socks. If it was up to me, I wouldn't throw any of my socks away. But I have somebody well, that does throw my socks away for me because a lot of my a socks, that does. exactly, my socks. And will complain to you when you. Uh, yes your socks or wear them outside without shoes or yeah my socks usually end up with holes and that's how most of them go to sock heaven but i think i only have like seven or seven or eight pairs of normal socks you know i have a few okay, fancy okay. pairs of socks for for church or other special events um i have a pair i have a pair of razorback socks um and i think that's the only special pair of socks that i have if i'm not mistaken okay. um but yeah I, I mean all my socks they're normal socks too um I mean, I, I don't have any, like, special, like, they're, they're, you know, normal. They're not, like, ankle socks like my dad has. My dad has, like, the shortest socks in existence. Um, <laughs> like You don't wear ankle socks? I don't wear ankle socks, no. I do. I have, like, few, no, I have a few pairs, but. They're not quite no-show, but they're, like, just barely above the cuff. Yeah, me too, the yeah. The cuff of the shoe? I don't know what you would call that. Yeah, mine are, eh, not, like, halfway up my leg, but they're, oh, they're yeah, no, no. kind of ish tall not. for socks. They're normal sock height. You know. see them. You're, they're like your dad's, probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you, you would hardly notice. Um, so, that's that's very interesting. Um, it's just a thought. It's a thought I had lately. We have lots of thoughts. I feel like thoughts. I definitely have an abnormal number of socks. Yeah, 40 pairs is way too many socks. That's just a wild guess. Like, I have, like, five or six. You know, keep in mind they come in a pack, right? That's true, they do. So, like, they they do have, come like, in a pack. Five or six pairs, like, no-show socks, like, literally the shortest in the world that like i have to wear with a very specific type of shoe and then i have like my i have like some gray socks i like to wear with my um light blue sneakers because you can kind of see the edge and then with my white sneakers to my solid white nikes i like to wear a white sock that you can't really see so i have a pack of those and i think there's 10 of those that came in a pack oh, wow. and then with okay. my black tennis shoes i have black socks <laughs> do you specify your socks to the tennis shoe that you wear I do. So when you add all those Can't up, say plus, do that. like you know some older ones that different categories yeah. that I still sometimes wear um, when I you know don't wash my socks and so I need more because I ran out of my forty pairs. Um, but also, okay, another weird thing again: NASCAR, whatever. Forget NASCAR. Let's talk about socks. Um, do you? So say you wake up, mm -hmm. you're getting ready to go somewhere. You mm -hmm. put on your socks. Mm -hmm. You go somewhere. Mm -hmm come home, you take your shoes off, yeah. and then later you go somewhere else. You put on a new pair of socks. No. I do. 
That's if weird. I have taken my shoes off, my socks are in the laundry. That, that's that's a very interesting way to just uh, they, face with back on my feet if they've an worn. unnecessary amount of laundry. No, once I put on a pair of socks, I'm good for the day. So you're yeah. one pair a day. Yep. And I, I mean, most days, most days I don't go back out. I would say. Yeah. Huh. That's weird. Now, that just if doesn't make specialty sense. Socks, like if I wear boots in the winter, like and you need socks, like yeah, you need I'll, warm I'll socks. You just won't wear like your normal socks again. Hmm. That's interesting. We've opened up like a whole new corner of like the sock debate. Um, and you know nowadays there there are experts on the most random weirdest niches. So if there are any sock, sock experts, expert? exactly, we should like start a podcast on socks in addition to NASCAR. Yeah. I'm sure our uh, our normal. Need to have, like, the random thought of the day yeah where that, we like just literally what should we talk about today chicken nuggets sauce i don't know yeah i mean all my thoughts are random i don't plan anything so i'm just kind of like, improvising on a whim all the time this improv yeah, improv yeah, I, improv i just kind of came to my mind yeah i don't blame you right when um, i was putting up laundry i was like man i really do have a lot of thoughts Yes, my my question of the day. Probably every pair. <laughs> my question of the day, and I'm gonna try not to go off on too much of a tangent here because we're pushing like eight minutes now, not talking about NASCAR yet. So, um, but I I, I do want to just mention this. Um, why are there so many fast food restaurants? Well, a why are there so many fast food restaurants? I mean, we know it's America. You know, America. Uncle Sam would be very yeah. Uncle Sam would be very proud to see all these fried chicken places. Um, but why are there so many fast food restaurants in such enclosed areas? Why, why are there so many fast food restaurants within, like, the immediate vicinity of, of others? Why is it just a cluster? I get sometimes, like, with there's a street in my town where there's, like, that's where all the restaurants are. That's where most all the restaurants are. I get that. But in bigger cities or just in places where everything's more spread out, why? Because we have another I, street in my town. I, there is I, a I burger. Have an answer for that. I have an answer. What is it? So they're literally people that study like the demographics and like the trends of communities mm -hmm. and they are like they do these studies like they can tell you what like the average um disposable income is in an area and like what oh. people are likely to spend money on and that stuff makes like sense. that and so they literally have like people that study this and make it where you should you know where a business would most likely succeed and so oftentimes these businesses well, follow smart. the same kind of realm um that's of smart that data yeah. Yeah. So that's well, why they go in the same areas. Well, I also think it depends because most of these fast food places are franchises. You know, I know Chick Fil A is one of the few fast food places that is owned by the franchise. Like each location is right. owned by the yeah. franchise. Um, but I know there are some like a McDonald's is a mil well not a million times literally, but it is much harder to both open and operate a McDonald's both in terms of maintenance and and uh, finances than it is a subway. That's why there's so many more subways, or at least when there was what I call the subway boom which is something i like slightly studied uh but where there was just subways opening up left and right and like literally on the street corners from each other and then subway had to put a clause in their contract that said you can't have another location in like a half for half a mile or one mile radius um but you know it seems like in the smallest towns especially in the south there will always be at least a dollar like two or three dollar generals or dollar stores and at least two or three subways and usually the subways aren't just standalone stores that are built into 
something else with like a crappy pizza shop or something but that is interesting to me but but there is a place in my town uh that i like to call like burger row because there is a burger king and a mcdonald's right next to each other and i'm not a huge fan of either one of them i like certain things from them but you know fried chicken places for fast food are more my thing i think more your thing too um but yeah. it's always fun to drive through there because even though i'm not a huge fan of their food you drive by and it's just burger smell um, and we have three McDonald's or no, only, we have only two, we have three McDonald's. We have or two. Okay. I think we have two Burger Kings, two McDonald's. Yeah. I was going to say, I can pick and, one. Yeah. Do y'all have one in Walmart? We don't have, we don't have any restaurants in Walmart. We had Auntie Anne's, uh, pretzel shop, Does but we don't close? have any restaurant. Yeah. The Auntie Anne's closed. Um, unfortunately. So sad. Yeah. I know some Walmarts do have a subway in them to go back to the point of subway, but like subways our, are our far and away the easiest fast food franchise to open. Um, then you go to McDonald's, which, I mean, McDonald's has a certain level of, it feels silly to say this about McDonald's. McDonald's does have a certain R of prestige and history that, that Subway just doesn't, and I think that's probably why the operating and, and opening costs are so much higher um, for franchises like McDonald's, Burger King, KFC, as opposed to Subway, who is historic. They're notorious, you know, for maybe for one ad campaign that actually ended up really horribly in the end. Um, but you know, Talk they're very Jake easy <laughs> to open. Do what? Talk about Jared. Yeah. Yeah. That one didn't end very well. Um, yeah. Uh, Poor Jared. Cody Ware can say hi to him. Um, let's, that was really dark. Let's talk about the race. Um, that was only 12 minutes without talking about NASCAR. That's okay. You know, but it was entertaining. exactly. It was entertaining. And as Tony Stewart said, you know, Tony Stewart said about Bristol Dirt, if you don't like this, you don't like racing. If you don't like what we just talked about, you don't like podcasting. And you clearly don't like us enough to stick around. So you can find somewhere else to go. Um, anyway, Kyle Larson doesn't dominate uh, this race, but Kyle Larson wins this race. This was a race where it was very hard to pass. It was a race uh, where track position and pitch strategy was absolutely key. Now, the result sheet really does show that. There's a few guys like Briscoe, Almarola, uh, Hamlin that were pretty consistent. But then you look at a guy like Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex, Joey Logano, Bubba Wallace. Well, not Bubba, Stenhouse, though, that finish in the top 10. And you're like, okay, how did that happen? If you turn this race off with about 55, 60 laps to go right after the final round of green flag pit stops and everything, you would probably think, okay, it's going to be Harvick versus Hamlin. Maybe they had an all-time great battle. No, Kyle Larson wins this race. Late caution came out, jumbled up the field. Uh, Chase Briscoe, for whatever reason, took four tires rather than two and lost track position and only ends up fifth. The battle for the win, though, came down to about 25 laps to go. Kyle Larson, Joey Logano battling. bumps. Uh, Larson bumps Logano out of the way. Larson was on two tires, Logano on no tires, and uh, Larson won that battle and drove off pretty easily. Um, if he had had 15 or 20 more laps, maybe Martin Truex could have gotten up there and gotten the win, which is funny because he ran about 30th all day, went a lap down at one point, somehow finished third. Um, but what are your overall thoughts on this race, Emily? I, it was better than the spring race last year at Martinsville, but um, they just they can't get Martinsville right with the Gen 7 car. It's just not been a, a great track. It's incredibly hard to pass, and it seems like track position more than how good of a car you have is really um, the, the bigger uh, issue and where you're going to finish. For sure. I mean, overall, it just felt like it was, like, <laughs> yeah, lame, just kind of boring, because guys weren't able to make the moves that they wanted to be able to make, and so it just kind of made for kind of a low-key, um, overall lack of action. 
Christian race. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there was a few points. I think it was like lap 160 or something around there where, where there was a lot of bump and runs. There was action all over the place. And then you look up again after 15 laps, it's like, oh, okay, well, let's just sit back and relax now and wait for pit stops or wait for the next caution or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm not, it hasn't ruined Martinsville. It's not like this was a terrible race like last spring. The fall race last year was, was all right, and this race was decent. Um, but it's, it's just so hard to pass. And um, you know, it, when, when you can't make a move, when the car that led the first 135 laps of this race, like straight, can only battle back up to 15th when he had over half the race, over 230 laps to battle back, that's how you know that you have a bit of a problem with the package. At Richmond, I, Richmond was is still the race of the year, in my opinion. The package worked beautifully at Richmond. Phoenix, I just I don't think you can fix Phoenix. Phoenix is doomed to forever be mediocre. But Martinsville is a track that's been putting on bangers for this years upon years upon years. I don't know if they had a bad race there during the Gen 6 era. I really don't, not that I can recall. Um, and it just kind of, it's fallen flat. You know, last spring was probably one of the worst NASCAR races I've ever watched. Uh, the fall was a lot better. Um, and now this race was, was just kind of in between the two. Um, teetering on the edge of decent. I wouldn't call it good. I call it decent at the very best. Um, but it's like you said, Emily, when it's hard to pass, when it's hard to make moves, you can't make moves. Um, you can't go anywhere, and that's really what doomed these guys. Let's go through the results, um, and then we'll talk about the point standings. Kyle Larson gets the win, his second of the year. He is one now at both Virginia short tracks, and it's very important because Martinsville, if he is still in the playoffs in the round of eight, Martinsville is the track, the cutoff, uh, to make the championship four, so keep that in the memory bank. I know he didn't have the best car today, but he did get the win, and, and I assume we'll see a very similar race in the fall to what we did today. Joey Logano ends up second. I have no idea how, Emily. He started in last, somehow made his way um, up to second with the strategy and everything. Martin Truex in third. Denny, talk about Denny's day, because it, was, it wasn't necessarily up and down. Uh, he had, at one point, had, like, the fastest car on the track, ends up fourth after looking like he'd run away. Um, and I believe he would be second on the on after the pit stop cycled out. If there wasn't that caution, I believe he'd be about a second back of Harvick, and he might have had a really good battle. But just going to go through Denny's day and what you saw as a fan of his from your perspective. Um, I mean, you know, he was able to make some good moves. At one point, he was fast. I mean, he was making it to the front. You turn around, he's booking it. He's like 10th to second, like so quickly. Um, and really, that was when I – the greatest hope was for him winning. Um, you know, different things happen, like pit stops and cautions and whatnot that throw a wrench in things. And in the end, he wasn't as high up as he could have been. But overall, had a pretty good race. So um, just not quite what I was hoping for. Yeah, he said on his podcast this week, this is a track where we can start a run. I believe we are going to start a run, and it's a pretty solid start to a good run. Um, I believe he gained 26 points on the cut line from last week to this week, and I'm not worried about Denny making the playoffs or anything, but this tied his longest streak uh, without a top five in his NASCAR Cup Series career all the way back from his rookie season. He had gone through the first eight races with no top fives, and that was kind of shocking for a guy in Denny Hamlin that were accustomed to either being in the championship four or, or being on the verge of the championship four every year. Chase Briscoe ends up fifth, and this kind of flew under the radar as a story yesterday, but he did this with a broken middle finger on, I believe, his right hand. He had a successful surgery with that today, so thankful was he, for that. Was he using it too much? 
Uh, it might have been. I don't remember actually how we ended it. It might have been in a dirt race somewhere, but he, it was funny. He actually, oh, if he you? was mad at somebody yesterday, he couldn't have used the middle finger. So, I mean, mm, all the all the guys at Fox that have to censor whenever somebody does that were probably pretty happy with that. Um, yeah, they're like, don't have to watch that. Exactly. Eric Amarola ends up sixth, a much-needed run for Eric Amarola, who has been Awful for the better part of three seasons now. Uh, the success has been few and far between, but there are days now and again where you remember that A, Eric Amarola exists, and B, that he's a decent driver. Ryan Blaney in seventh. Uh, solid day for those guys. Just kind of waiting for them to break through this year and show winning speed finally. It feels like that really just hasn't happened yet. Ricky Stenhouse, Daytona 500 winner, now I believe has four top tens in nine races, so a decent start for them. Bubba Wallace, much-needed ninth place. He is now just 31 points out of the playoffs, and he has gained 24 points on that cut line over three weeks. How about Chase Elliott, Emily? You said a good run for him would be top 20. I said top 20, top 15. He said, oh, screw that. I'll go ahead and finish top 10. Talk about his day. What a what a rebound for him coming back from the broken leg. Yeah, truly. I personally think like you never would have known. Like If you didn't know that he was coming back from an injury, you would have not had that thought. At all. I mean, a top 10 finish is great, especially um, for, you know, a track like this, a race a race that went this way for so many different people. Um, and so, you know, he should be on top of the world right now. Yeah, he was very happy. He, I did see him, and it wasn't just him, but a lot of drivers yesterday very tired after yesterday's race, a lot hotter than yeah. I think they all thought it was going to be. Um, I saw Chase Elliott sitting down by the side of his car. Some guys keeled over getting fluids, so um, I'm glad they were able to, you know, get fluids and everything. But, um, yeah. you know, they seemed to be okay after the race. But Chase Elliott, really nice rebound for him. Alex Bowman, 11th. This one hurts. Had a great car at the end of Stage 1. Just kind of fell back. Um, to add on Chase Elliott real quick, though, he was one, really one of the only guys that didn't go like all the way to the back or all the way to the front based on some crazy strategy or track position. He just kind of gradually made his way up. Qualified, I think, 22nd and just kind of made up a few spots here and there and, and ends up with the top 10. Austin Dillon used some pit strategy to get up to 12th. Ross Chastain, 13th. This Martinsville race wasn't quite as eventful as the last one there for him. Chris Buescher, 14th. Ryan Priest, 15th. This one stings, not just for Stuart Haas, but for Priest especially. Flat track, short track specialist. Um, we saw how good he was at the LA Clash at the Coliseum. Led the first 135 laps of this race yesterday. Only ends up 15th after a pit road speeding penalty doomed his day. Christopher Bell in 16th, Daniel Suarez 17th, Ty Gibbs top 10 streak ends, uh, he ends up 18th, Michael McDowell 19th, Harvick in 20th, man Kevin Harvick had a shot at a top 5, he would have been the leader if everything had gone green, pit stops would have cycled out, he would have had a 1 second lead over Denny Hamlin, and I believe we would have had a battle for the ages between two crafty vets there at Martinsville, but unfortunately it wasn't meant to be, he still would have been top 5, top 10, um, after the pit stops, um, when the last caution came out, except for the fact that they didn't get the lug nut all the way on, wheel comes loose, he has to come back down, and he ends up in 20th. Kyle Busch, Emily, you'll be really happy to hear this. 21st, rough day for Kyle Busch yesterday. Had a run-in with Corey LaJoy. Doesn't have a good day whatsoever. Um, 
surprising because Kyle's usually pretty stout at Martinsville, just not to be yesterday. Reddick, 22nd. Byron, 23rd. Kozlowski, 24th. Todd Gilliland, what a run for him. Got up to second at one point. Um, he's had a great streak going. They had an engine issue, uh, went down a cylinder late, end up 25th. Corey LaJoy kind of lost his temper with Kyle Busch, ends up 26th. Almendinger, 27th. Haley, Burton, Gregson, your top 30. Eric Jones, 31st. Legacy Motor Club continues to suck. Ty Dillon continues to suck in 32nd. Austin Sindrick, terrible day in 33rd. Zane Smith filling in for Cody Ware, 34th. Anthony Alfredo, 35th. JJ Yaley, 36th. Anybody, Emily, that you're really surprised about with how well they finished? Anybody that you're really kind of surprised about how poorly they ran yesterday at Martinsville? <laughs> I mean, I can't say I'm surprised about how poorly, but what the heck, JJ Yaley? Yeah. I mean, Dude. So good last week, and then this week. I mean, he laid an egg, but I don't know what happened to him to, to go crash and into turn three like that. I don't know what happened there, but yeah. Honestly, I'm doubting his ability to drive a race car. Yeah, I mean, he's 46 years old at this point. I mean, he's just doing it for fun. But, yeah, there was a reason. I hope he's having fun. There was a reason he didn't do much in Joe Gibbs Racing Equipment. <laughs> There's a reason there. Um, yeah. Um, you know, it's like I feel bad for him. Yeah, uh, he's just, he, I think he's having a good time out there. I don't know. I really do. I hope he enjoys it no matter if he's first or last or what because, man, <laughs> oh, it's hard to watch. Rough week, yeah. Rick Ware, they've just, they've been through the ringer. Um, also, I don't know if I told you or not, but Cody Ware, he, you know, he was released on bond and then he got arrested again. Or he turned himself in <laughs> for two more oh. counts of other stuff oh related God. to the first incident so dude yeah he's back in the clink as far as i know um i didn't see any bond posted or anything but zane smith's gonna be back or sorry no yaley's gonna be in the 51 this week riley herbst is gonna be in the 15 he's an xfinity series full-timer he was uh 10th in the daytona 500 so talladega um yeah that's what's gonna be happening there um so yeah l for cody Ware. Let's go Everywhere. over to the point standings real quick. See where these guys stand. <laughs> Get it? Point. Oh, well. <laughs> that was a really funny You're joke. You're so funny. I really am. Christopher Bell leads Ross Chastain by five points in the regular season right now. Um, Ross Chastain is the first guy in on points, plus 97. Bell, Larson, Reddick, Logano, Bush, uh, Byron, Stenhouse are your seven drivers that have won this year. Seven winners through nine races. Larson joins Byron as the only driver this year to win two races. Chastain plus 97. Harvick plus 87. Truex plus 66. Hamlin plus 47. How are you feeling about Denny's uh, point standing right now? I'm, I'm okay. You're okay? Okay. Okay. I mean, obviously I'd like it to be better. I'd like him to walk in, but I'm not feeling like there's not hope. Yeah. I mean, that was a big day for him yesterday. I think he did gain, like, 25, yeah. 26 points yesterday. Yeah. So, so if, he gonna, if he can keep that up, like, we'll be okay. Yeah. But he still needs to walk in. It's got to feel good. He's got to have some top fives and top tens. Yeah. He's got to stay out of the mess at the back. Yeah, I, so. I, he actually only has three top tens through the first nine races. I was, I was wrong yeah. on that. Um, Blaney is plus 41, Bowman plus 37. With Bell, uh, or Bowman not getting a top 10 yesterday, he is now once again sharing the top 10 lead uh, with Bell. So they each have six. So Bowman's not the most consistent guy anymore, which is unfortunate. But he is plus 37 to the cut line, so I'll take that. Kozlowski plus 35. 
Uh, you have... Is that... Wait, oh, plus 10, sorry. Briscoe is now somehow in the playoffs, even with how bad he's been. He has the same amount of top 10s as Denny. Um, so, just keep that in mind. Plus 10. Last guy in right now, Chris Buescher, who has just been insanely consistent this year, being in that 16th spot, plus 6. And there are two guys, 6 points out. That is Daniel Suarez and Michael McDowell. Austin Sindrick goes from 10 in to 9 out, so he loses 19 points on the whole. Uh, he's 9 points out. Gibbs, 13 out. Then Austin Dillon, 24 out. Bubba. 31 out, LaJoy, 33 out, Todd Gillen, 44 out, then you have Amarola, Priest, Eric Jones, Burton, Gregson, um, and then Chase Elliott, currently 130 points out of the playoffs. Going to take a miracle from the point in, winning a race, which I think we both said that we think he will do, is, is his most direct path to the postseason. Haley, minus 136, Ty Dillon, minus 148. They're basically already in must-win territory. Anybody in the points list, Emily, that really impresses you with how well they're doing? Anybody that's surprising you with how poorly they performed this season? No, no surprises. Really? You think everything's kind of finally settling out? I mean, I, th I could have just predicted it all. Oh, really? Just that good. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much a professional. You are? You are? It's true, it's true. On socks and on. On socks and NASCAR. Um, let's see, who was I going to say, oops, um, I didn't expect this level of consistency from Bowman, I would like to see him get a top 10 yesterday, but working on it, working on it, still impressed with Corey LaJoy, I, I think their time to point their way in the playoffs is over, I mean, a few bad runs for them, and it's kind of over, I'm glad Bubba's continuing to gain points, still disappointed yeah, with Austin really Dillon, he is, he's, you know, Talladega, um, Kansas on May 6th, or sorry, May 7th, that's what I'm looking out for. Darlington on May 14th, once you go to more intermediates, I feel like that's where Bubba can shine. But Kansas, especially where he won last fall, Talladega, we all know how good he is there. Um, Dover is meh, but, you know. Okay. Dega, Kansas, two, those two races in three-week stretch, I'm looking forward to those for him. Uh, if he can stay out of trouble, he'll be in contention for the win. Um, I can't wait for Dega. Good it's gonna be a lot of fun. Dig is always fun, but uh, yeah. let's see here. Uh, Harrison Burton just continues to disappoint. I know it's only his second full-time season, but dude, during Penske equipment, yeah, I was gonna say, not surprised. Yeah, you have led nine laps this year, um, and you don't have a single top ten. So just I, I don't know what you're doing. Do better. Um, Do yeah. better. Do better. You're getting outrun by Todd Gillen, who's also in his second year in competition and is in much worse equipment. Uh, final thoughts here on Martinsville, Emily. Next up is Talladega. It'll be race 10 for these guys. Uh, we'll have a, a combo podcast. We'll do a little recap of Martinsville. We'll do a little recap or a little preview of Talladega. We'll discuss all the news Wednesday night. Friday night will be our normal full Talladega preview. Final thoughts here. Or you can talk about socks, fast food, uh, Martinsville, Talladega. Any last thoughts you want to say here before we leave? I mean, I'm overall, like just said recently, um, I'm so excited for Talladega. I love me a good race where there is bound to be some action. <laughs> Hopefully there will be. Bring it on. I hope so. Bring it on. Um, I know Bring we're it. not there yet, but we might as well include like a very tiny sneak peek here. Who are three or four drivers that you're already looking to have a really good day at Talladega? Listen, you know I want Denny to win. Hey, he's but good today, guys. It's on a roll. Who now? Right now. Can you say that again? It's it's shorty now. I'm sorry. Larson. Kyle Larson. 
roll. Okay, I don't know what you're saying. Uh, I think you said Kyle Larson, but we'll go with that. <laughs> we'll go with that. He's getting better super speed. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay, I thought I heard it. I wasn't sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're going back to that moment where... <laughs> yeah, where, where you just couldn't hear working. anything. It's glorious. Um, yeah, Lar- Lar- I think Larson will be, be there at the end. I mean, Hendrick's good everywhere at this point. Um, Eric Jones, though, I'm looking at Eric Jones. Nearly won the spring race at Dig a year ago. He could really use just something, anything right now. Um, I'm looking at Bubba, obviously. Uh, don't have too high hopes for Bowman. Super Speedways have just never really been his thing. Um, but who I'm really looking at, like I said, I said this in stat tracking on the YouTube channel earlier today, is Joey Logano. I might or might not be picking him this week. I you were going to say that. Yeah. I well, here's the thing, would. Emily. I, I'm not a huge Joey Logano fan, but I do respect the man a lot for being a two-time cup champ. He's very valuable to the sport, but he's also one of the best super speed racers we have ever seen. With his win at Atlanta, he's now won at all of them. He's a Daytona 500 winner. He's won the summer race at Daytona. He's won both the spring and the fall race at Talladega. Trust me, I would know he's won the fall race at Talladega because I cried for a very long time when he beat Del Jr. in the 2015 fall race at Talladega. But... This year, in these super speedway type races, he won the duel at Daytona. He finished second in the Daytona 500. And if that race goes green, he may very well beat Ricky Stenhouse. And then at Atlanta, in was that last week of March? I can't remember. Whenever Atlanta was, he won there. His average finish this year is under two at super speedway drafting style racetracks. I'm not saying I'm going to pick him yet. I'm going to save that information. But Joey Logano is going to be the man to beat. If you don't think you have to beat Joey Logano and Team Penske as a whole on Sunday, you are thinking wrong. So that's what I, that's what I think. Um, I think we're going to end it there, guys. Hope you enjoyed us. Hope you enjoyed the Sock Podcast, the podcast where we talk about socks and hope somebody will listen. Um, Martinsville, though, in the books. Talladega up next going to be a party. Uh, party in Talladega, Alabama. So uh, don't be at all surprised if I, if I play some... Um, play some clips from from Talladega Nights this weekend, just randomly on the podcast. Just you know, be prepared for that. Thank you for coming on, Emily. Uh, looking forward to seeing you Wednesday night again. We're gonna recap Martinsville, preview Talladega, uh, do all of that fun stuff. So thanks for coming on. Uh, I know Denny didn't get the win, but he's trending upward. So just take uh take confidence, um, in that takes us on that so we will see you wednesday night guys i am samuel stubbs that is emily thank you for listening to the below the line podcast we will see you again very shortly thank you for listening and goodbye